lesson talking about the attributes of God. And uh, today, again, I'm, I'm, we're just going to jump right into things today because I've got a lot of stuff to cover and I uh, want to make sure that we have plenty of time. So look at Romans chapter number 11 and uh, look at verse number 33 to get started. The Bible says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And so today we're going to look at really a combination of two, but I think we can combine them pretty uh, easily and look at them at the same time. And that is God's incomprehensibility or the inability to comprehend God and his infinitude or the attribute of God that is infinity. And so let me give you the definition for both of those, just so you have it there in front of you in black and white. So the definition of God's incomprehensibility is this. First of all, God cannot be fully comprehended or understood. God cannot be fully comprehended or understood. And then the rest of that says, we may know God truly, for he has revealed himself to us, but being finite creatures, we can never know him fully. We may know God truly, but we will never know him fully. We can know God. God says that. We, we, we need to know God. That's why we are in this study. But as we begin, and we said this as we started the series a couple weeks ago, and I will say it again today, we will never be able to understand him fully. That is just one of his attributes, the inability to comprehend God fully. And so then let me give you the definition for his infinitude. God is not subject to limitation. God is not subject to limitation. He is beyond measure, space, and time. He is beyond measure, and he's not bound or restricted by space or time. And, and I'm sure we could probably say this about any of these attributes of God. We could have said it last week as we talked about the eternality of God. Uh, but again, today, uh, these attributes, or at least this one today, it's, it's probably one of the most difficult things to grasp about God. Uh, the part of him that by definition is not graspable. So it only makes sense that we wouldn't be able to understand it completely. Um, we're trying to conceive something that, as we've said before, we know at the outset that we are never going to be able to accomplish. We're never going to be able uh, to wrap our minds around us. But because Scripture teaches that God is infinite, and because we accept and believe His other attributes, then we must also believe and accept uh, this one too. And, and as we get started, let me say this. You know, it is, it, it's, it's hard to try to teach a lesson that I know I'm going to fail teaching. I'm just going to say that right now. It's hard to be able to say we're going to try to understand a subject that we already are going to fail comprehending fully. And so my only prayer is that God reveals it to us at least in a little glimpse so we can begin to see the surface or scratch the top of it. Uh, it's impossible for a limited mind, and as we've already established, that's definitely mine, um, to conceive the unlimited. Um, 
And so, again, everything that I'm going to say today is going to be one step short about what we're speaking. And everything that you hear will be of necessity one degree or one level under about what we're trying to think. Because we, by definition, cannot conceive it fully. Look back at Romans chapter number 11. We're trying to comprehend and conceive something that is altogether foreign to us and completely unlike anything that we know in a familiar world of matter, space, and time. So Romans eleven thirty three again says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his ways. Unsearchable. And his way, or his judgment, excuse me, and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, and who hath been his counselor, or, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom, to whom be glory forever. Amen. The truth of who God is, extending from the words of Scripture and the other verses that we've looked at before and we'll look at again today, um, are a profound depth of knowledge and holiness that we will never be able to fully grasp in our comprehension. Um, we cannot pretend, and, and I say this going into this lesson, but I think it's important that we, we study this truth and we study in the, this entire series about the attributes of God, but we cannot pretend to have God figured out. When you think you have God figured out, that's a dangerous place to be in your spiritual life. Uh, to, to think that you have a simple God in a simple box who works in simple ways, that's a dangerous place to be. Um, because just when you think you've got figured out, uh, just when you think, okay, I know this is how God works, and this is how he's always going to work, and this is who he's going to use, and this is how he's going to do it. When you think you've got it figured out, God changes the equation. When you think that you have solved for X in the equation of God, he adds the rest of the alphabet. Because you can't figure it out. It's infinite. Um, and he doesn't do it to bring frustration or to complicate life, but to remind us how much we need. When you try to figure out God and you realize, I'm never going to be able to figure it out, that just makes, ought to make us realize how much we need him. How much uh, we uh, need him because he does have it all figured out, whether we understand him or not. And so today we're going to just look at God's infinitude and uh, we're going to try to understand something that we have no possibility of understanding. And so let's pray today. Father, thank you so much again for what you have revealed to us. And Father, I thank you that before us is your holy, perfect, revealed word of God. And God, as we study the scripture today, although because of our finite human minds, we'll never be able to fully comprehend it. God, I just pray that you would please give us a glimpse. Show us like you did Moses as you passed by him and you just showed him, Lord, a little bit of your back as you passed by him. Lord, let us see a little glimpse of who you are. Though we won't be able to put it in words, though our thoughts will not be able to form around it. God, I pray that you please today just give us a little bit more of a glimpse of you. God, we just want to do it for your honor, for your glory. We ask that this service that will follow today would be for your praise, and we ask this in your name. Amen. God is infinite. Now, let me say a few things about uh, the infinity of God, the infinitude of God, before we get into some of these verses. But when we say that God is infinite, 
we mean that God knows no bounds, that there is no boundary to who God is. Whatever God is and all that God is, he is without limit. Um, you know, how many of you have ever heard the question or you have had somebody ask you, can God create a rock that he can't lift? Or something similar to that question. You've heard that before, all right? Can God make a rock or something that he can't lift, that he can't do, okay? And if somebody ever asks you that, think of it this way. We said last week that God's attributes don't contradict each other, right? They don't contradict each other. They work together because they are all of who God is. God does not lay down one in order to pick up another one. God does not become one and at the expense of one of the others. Uh, God's attributes don't contradict. And so in this scenario, God's omnipotence and his ingenuity that lead to creation. The fact that God can create anything will not contradict his infinitude. They will not contradict. And so God, because he is God, just won't do that because that would contradict who he is. Think of it this way. As we look at the fact that God is limitless, okay? because God is limitless, for him to create something that he could not do something with, for him to create a rock that he could not lift, okay, um, would be to make something that is greater than he is. And that would make whatever he made God instead of him. And because that is never going to happen, that is what we can come to, to, to the knowledge of in that. Uh, God knows no bounds. Uh, God is measureless in his infinitude. Uh, you know, when we think of measurements, the way that created things account for themselves, uh, their limitations, their imperfections, and because of that, it cannot apply to God. Um, it's the way that we see things that he has created, but we do not see him. We cannot speak of measure or amount or size or weight and at the same time be speaking of God. Because whenever you talk about one of those things, it indicates some type of measure. It indicate, indicate, indicates some type of degree, and there are no degrees with God. Uh, if you were, we were to judge God by length... That would mean that he could grow or he could uh, shorten or he is only a certain amount uh, of length and maybe something could be longer than he. Or maybe if we talked about weight, something could be heavier or something could be lighter um, or he could be heavier or lighter. And that is not the case. All that he is is without growth or addition or development. Nothing in God is less or more large or small. Listen, he is what he is in himself without qualifying thought or word. He is simply God. And again, when we say that, it sounds simple, but to try to wrap your mind around it is impossible. God is just God. We do not qualify God with how tall he is or how heavy he is or how long he is or how wide he is or the space that he takes up because that would be putting a boundary or a limit upon God. And that is impossible because he is infinite. So uh, today, as we did last week, let's just kind of look at some scripture that talk about God's infinitude uh, Bible study because we need God to reveal this to us. So look at Exodus chapter number 15 to get us started today. Exodus chapter number 15. And look at verse number 11. Exodus 15. And look at verse number 11. 
And Moses, after they have been saved from the Red Sea, from Pharaoh's army, they are rejoicing in that. And so he's singing a song, verse number 11, he says, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And when we think about this in the light of God's infinity, obviously we know that the answer is nothing. We know that there is nothing. And think about this. Um, he said uh, in verse number 11, who's like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods. And obviously we know that there is no other God but he. But in this time in which Moses lived, and especially since they had just come out of the land of Egypt, where there were multitudes of gods, uh, little g gods that the people worshipped, Moses is still saying, even if we compare him to the made-up imaginary gods and their abilities and their powers, there is still no god like you, not even a god that can be contrived by man. And all of our wildest imaginations can even come close to scratching the surface or touching the outer rim of who God even began to be. You think of the most powerful being that ancient mythology or the religions of the world has ever come up with, and it's still not even close to who God really is. Not even close. Uh, magnificent. I, I love that the, the, the phrase in verse number 11 where it says, glorious in holiness. Uh, glorious in holiness or magnificent in the sacredness of who you are, the innermost, the, 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 the holy of holies of who God is is so great that what extends to us, what extends to us is just a, a mere outer ring, a, a teasing taste, a tempting sip, a reaching touch that won't ever even come close to knowing who he really is. And even in those touches, what we're getting today our mind cannot even come close to conceiving what we're trying to comprehend or what we've just experienced. That's who God is. Limitless, boundless, without measure, without comprehension, infinitude, and yet a God who wants us to know him. Go to Job chapter number 11. Job chapter number 11. Right before the book of Psalms, Job chapter number 11, and look at verse number 7. Job chapter number 11, look at verse number 7. This is one of Job's friends talking, accusing Job of his imperfection and sin, which would have brought on the judgment of God. But in it, still scripture, inspired of God, we find this question. Verse number 7, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Holy One unto perfection or unto completion? Can, can you figure out who God is completely? Verse 8, it is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell. What canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. The examination, the, the deliberation, the, the searching in verse number 7 of, of trying to get the knowledge, of acquiring the knowledge of God to completion, having every possible knowledge of who God is and what he is like. So far it says it's higher than the heavens. And we'll get to that in just a second. It's deeper than hell. It's wider than the earth and broader than the sea. Measurements that we can't even fully comprehend. Uh, that we can't even comprehend something that is measurable, that people have measured. We cannot even uh, visualize that. And yet God is beyond all of that. But let me say this to you before we go on. 
One of the things that, that I want you to take away from knowing that God is infinite, although you will not comprehend God's infinitude, knowing the fact, the truth that he is infinite, because God's nature is infinite, everything that comes out of it is infinite also. Everything that God is, remember his, his attributes work together. His attributes are all working together at the same time. And so uh, with God's attributes of being infinite, everything else that he is, is infinite also. Um, can I say that that means his love is infinite? We said last week that because God is eternal, that his love has existed as long as God has existed. It's never begun. His love for you never begun. It just always has been. His love for you will never end. It just always will be. But guess what? It's also infinite. You can't put a cap on God's love. You can't say there's a point where God's love will end. There's a point that God's love will not be able to reach somebody. There's a point that God's love will not be able to save. There's a point where God's love will not be able to forgive. Why? Because God is love? No, because God is infinite. And because God is infinite, his love is infinite too. It will never end. Ephesians 3.18 says uh, about the, the height and the breadth and the depth to know the love of Christ in verse number 19. His mercy and his grace, same thing, infinite. No point. There's no measurement. You can't look at it and say, well, once we get to this point, that's it. No more love. No more mercy. No more grace. No. Infinite. God's attributes are all infinite because he is infinite. Look at Psalm 113. Psalm 113. Because I want you to see some other things about God that are infinite. Because he is infinite, what is infinite about him? Again, these, we won't be able to comprehend his infinitude, but we'll be able to maybe compare it to something that we are familiar with. Psalm 113, look at verse number four. It says, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. And when you think about, we'll come back to the beginning of that in just a second. When you think about the fact that God is infinite, that there's no measure to him, and yet he still decides to look at you. And that he still wants to love you. And he still knows the hairs on your head. And he still knows the cares that you face. And he still wants to help you. And he still wants you to come before his throne. What an amazing thought. But the beginning of that, verse number four, said his glory is above the heavens. And so we know that, and, and we say the height of God is limitless. We're not putting it, we're, we're not saying height is in a measurement, but just so that we have something to compare it to. The height of God is limitless. Um, it's without boundary. Uh, I just did some, some research on, on the universe itself that God created. And I don't know how they come up with these numbers, and it's just amazing. Um, the universe, supposedly, is 93 billion light years across. 93 billion light years across. Now, one light year is beyond anything that we can comprehend because it's the time that light travels in a year, which is approximately 5.88 trillion miles. And the universe is 93 billion of those across. My mind's blown right through that. 
So if you just want to know how far the universe is across in miles, my calculator couldn't come up with it, so I had to look up what this number looks like. It's five septillion miles across. That's a five and 24 zeros after it, in case you were wondering. That's a lot. And yet, and that's, that's just a guesstimate. And that's just our universe, the Milky Way. That has nothing to do with the hundreds and thousands and possibly millions and billions of galaxies that they didn't even think out there. And yet that verse says God's higher than all of that. He's beyond all of that. He's, he's greater than all of that. And that same God is willing to come down to this little bitty microscopic planet that we know as Earth. And he knows who I am. And he knows who you are. And he loves me for who I am. And he loves you for who you are. And he wants me to know who he is. Even though he's greater than all of that. His height is limitless. Uh, look at Psalm 145. Psalm 145. And look at verse number three. This is similar to what we just read a few minutes ago in Job, but very quickly, Psalm 145, verse three, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. There's no amount of searching, no amount of discovering, no amount of deliberation, no amount of concentration that can bring about a full understanding of the greatness of our God. We could stay in this same series until I am long dead and gone trying to discover everything that we can possibly know about God and we won't even come close. His greatness is unsearchable. Look at Psalm 147. Look at verse number five. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is, and the Bible uses the word infinite. His understanding is infinite. Just when you think you know something about God, there are countless other things that you realize that you don't know. Listen, you cannot put a number on all the things that God is. Some people would like to say they could study through the Bible and say there are this many attributes of God. No, that's wrong. Because that would laugh in the fact that God is limitless. He has limitless attributes. We'll never fully understand them. Now, we're going to study an incomparably small number of them in this series, but for each of those, there are infinitely more that we won't study. And can I also say that even if you were to find every single attribute of God in Scripture that God has revealed to us in your lifetime, there would still be infinite more that He hasn't even revealed. Think about that. God has revealed who he is in scripture, but because he is infinite, there is an infinite amount of other things that he is that we don't even know about and we'll never be able to know about, even if we were to find out everything in scripture. Look at Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. Look at verse number 12. Isaiah 40, verse number 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. God's hand is infinite. His hand is infinite. Think about this. And again, I don't know how they come up with these numbers. But supposedly, there are 326 million 
trillion, that's probably a really big word, but they said million trillion gallons of water in the world. I don't know how they come up with that or how many zeros that is, so don't ask. And yet if you were to pour water in your hand, I won't do it right now, but if you were to pour water in your hand, the average person could fit about two teaspoons of water in their hand. So to God, and this is not even accurate because this is limiting God. But to God, 326 million trillion gallons of water is two teaspoons. And that's not even half of it because he's limitless. He says in verse 12, he meted or measured out heaven with a span. And a span is from the tip of your thumb and to the tip of your pinky. And that's about six to eight inches on the average person. And so God looks at, what was it, five septillion miles? Yeah. And says, yep, that's about it. Looks right. Yeah, give or take a few billion trillion. But that's not even half of it. Because it's infinite. He knows how much dust is in the earth. How, how much, God knows how much dirt is on the earth. Seems like there's always more dirt, and yet God knows how much it is, how much sand. Would you love sand? He knows in verse number 12, he weighed the mountains in scales. I tried to find out if somebody had come up with that, and even though they come up with how much water is in the world, they have no idea how much mountains weigh, but God does. He knows how much mountains weigh. All the mountains in the world, God says, yep, yep, that's about how much they weigh. Look at verse number 18. It says, to whom will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melteth the graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over gold and cast a silver change. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth the tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. We try to come up with images of what we think God might be. Look at verse number 21. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Have it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers and stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in that bringeth the princes to nothing and maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth and he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Verse 25. To whom will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One. Everything else that God has made is finite. And yet God is infinite. Beginning first with the fact that we all have our beginning in Him. And God has no beginning, the eternality of God. We see the first mark against us. Well, He is the one that created us, that started us. Our constraint of time and space counts against us as well, and he has no such limitation. As for man, while we may not know everything that there is to know of each other, especially compared to God, there's only a limited amount of information that we can glean from each of us. At some point, you know somebody pretty well. But compared to the one of whom we will never find an end, one of whom will never gain a full grasp, a big difference. And think about it this way. If you can't get a grasp on God, that's why he's not expecting you to hold on to him and he wants to hold on to you. You can't get a grasp on God, there's a reason for that. Because he just wants to be able to hold on to you instead of you holding on to him. Look at verse number 28. 
Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. God is infinite strength. He's never weary. He's never tired. Never not alert. Never not focused. Never not attentive. Praise the Lord for that. That's a big reason why he's different than us. He's never without answers, without solutions, without direction. He's never caught by surprise. He's never nervous. He's never anxious about how something will turn out in the end. Not who God is. He's infinite. Now, let me say this. One, one more verse. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as we close here. Because we said all of that, and we look at these verses in Scripture, and we say, oh, yeah, I can see it. At least the words. I can have the facts. But to comprehend that, possible. But look at 1 Corinthians 2. Look at verse number 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And I say this, and I've said this before, but we're going to keep on saying it. There is no way that you're going to be able to even scratch the surface, even just by looking through Scripture and being able to understand what God has revealed. There's no way you're going to be able to do that without his help. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that without the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You can't expect to know God without him to guide you. What, it just reminds me of the, the story of Philip and the eunuch. Philip, or the eunuch is reading Isaiah, and he has no idea what he's reading, and Philip comes to him, and, and uh, the eunuch, or Philip asks him if he knows what he's reading, and the eunuch said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Well, you and I have more than just some man to guide us as we study the things of God. Um, and listen, you can't even take a lesson like this necessarily. I'm going to have to go back through and listen to this again and read this again. You can't even take it the first time and expect to make it uh, for it to make all sense. And so as you go back, as you read over the notes, as you listen to the lesson on the podcast again, ask the Holy Spirit, speak to me again, teach me again. Again, it's infinite. You never come to a point where you have it figured out. So as we do, let's ask God to teach us.